Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Unlock me! Unlock me! I'm not going to swear, okay? You know what I'm saying? Um, no. It's Mark Grody on 670 The Score. Oh, hi, Mark. What's up? Sun's beaming through my place right now in downtown Chicago. A beautiful night in the great big beautiful city of chicago so i am glad that you are listening i see you guys out there with your earbuds in walking along the lake walking on michigan avenue listening to the score i love it welcome into the show i am mark grody here with you until 10 o'clock on chicago sports radio 670 the score we got a full four hours and you know what? I got so much good stuff that we could use a fifth hour tonight. But we've got four to work with tonight. A lot of baseball, a lot of Bears tonight. Seven o'clock. Chris Ranji of the score will be on with me. He has covered the Cardinals very closely. He covered the White Sox for a decade. Sox host the Cardinals tonight. So how perfect would it be to talk to Chris Ranji? Sox. And St. Louis starting at 7-10 tonight. The White Sox 26-19, a game and a half up on Cleveland in the American League Central. It is a Lance Lynn pitching night for the, I almost said the Cardinals because, you know, he used to play for the Cardinals, but he does pitch for the White Sox with his 155 ERA and all that good stuff. So Ranji on at 7 o'clock. He also was at Cubs Cardinals over the weekend at Bush Stadium, so he can add some insight on uh, what he saw out of the Cubs. So a bunch of local baseball with Ranji coming up at 7 o'clock. Chris Emma at 8 o'clock on the Chicago Bears. We will pick his brain on Justin Fields and the upcoming OTAs June 1st through the 3rd, which both both uh, Emma and I will attend. But looking forward to hearing what he has been writing on 670thescore.com and get his insight on the Chicago Bears. And then I will have Grobber transition at 6.30, and there's no way to narrow it down what might happen in that half an hour right here on the score. But, yeah, call Grobber today, and, you know, I, I don't assume anything. I, I, I said, Les, I assume you probably are going to be sleeping, so if you can't, oh, no, I'll be up. I'll be ready to go. So Les said he will join me at 9.30 tonight right here on the score. I am open for your calls and for your text messages throughout the night. You could call me or text me right now if you'd like. 312-644-6767, the number. I am on Twitter. Love interacting on Twitter. At Mark Grody Sports is the way to do it. I have uh, what I think is a terrific question up on Twitter right now, and it's going crazy. It, the question is this, and you could follow along if you'd like. Again, at Mark Grody Sports. If you could choose only one, would you rather have Justin Fields starting right away for the Bears or, there's a big or here, or the Green Bay Packers trade Aaron Rodgers? Pretty fascinating responses. If I could figure out some sort of organization of it, I will read you some of the responses. And I got to tell you, I think I might have blown it with the question because I think at least half the responses 
are right now, trade Aaron Rodgers, start Andy Dalton in the first game, and then pull him after the first game. Or in some cases, I think it was my guy White Sox Dave who said pull him after the first snap. So I might have blown the question. I left the loophole open, and I'll be damned if you guys aren't taking it right now. So, But get in on that, and I'll, I'll go back and try to sift through some of that and read some of your responses a little bit later on. Brandon Fryer is our producer tonight back in our score studios in downtown Chicago. So if you do call, he is the man to whom you will speak. 312-644-6767 is uh, the number. If you've been listening to me, you know where I stand with the Chicago Cubs. Um, Right now, the, the Cubs are 24-22. and 22. They're two back of St. Louis in the National League Central after having won the series in St. Louis. But where I have stood and still stand with the Cubs is that unless they go on a 12-game winning streak or something undeniable happens to them where they become the undisputed, no doubt about it, run away from the pack in the National League Central. Unless that, that happens then I do believe they should do something dramatic at the break. And I'm not saying break it up. The word I used, I like. Do something dramatic, even if that means trading one guy, a Chris Bryant. There has to be something different with this team next year unless it really explodes with the guys that are present now. Because we've seen this movie over and over and over. As tantalizing as it is, as as tempting as it has been to keep these guys around, it hasn't worked since 2017, basically, when they were in the National League Championship Series and had that wild series against Washington and all of that. So, yeah, do something dramatic. Don't settle for the past years of one-hit wonders where you win the division and then nothing happens in the postseason because that's like old-school Cub style, old-school Cub regime, and quite frankly, old-school Cub fan mentality. But for now, for right now, let's scrap that. Let's talk about what's going on right now with the Chicago Cubs and not look into the future. My question to you is, what stands out to you about the Chicago Cubs right now what stands out to you 312-644-6767 I'm thinking positive things at least that's what it is from my perspective but it doesn't have to be that just what stands out to you about the Cubs right now 312-644-6767 to call or to text because the Cubs are like I said playing well right now really well legitimately well if you're watching these games as i am and i'm sure if you're listening to the score right now you're probably paying pretty close attention to pat and ron and zach on the radio or watching the games on tv you probably know that a lot of things are going well it's not flukish the competition was real this past weekend they have had a relatively difficult schedule in this month and things are going well things are the cubs are playing great baseball right now i have i can't the list I had started with two things and three things, and I got it to five things. I have five things that stand out to me that I want to lay out for you. But while I'm doing it, let's interact. I'll give you mine if you give me yours. How about that? 312-644-6767. The first thing that is standing out to me right now about the Chicago Cubs is the bullpen. Swing and a missed strike three. What a job by Ryan Tapera. 
He strikes out Nolan Arenado. He got him to chase a low outside breaking ball. And the Ooh. inning comes to an end. The Cardinals squander a bases loaded, no out opportunity. Yeah, that was fantastic. And that is the most recent example of the Cubs bullpen prowess that was in the game last night, which you heard right here on the score. Pat Hughes on the call. Card seventh inning, no score. Ryan Tapera dealing with the bases loaded. He got Tommy, before that call you just heard with Pat Hughes, he got Tommy Edmond to to ground the second to Nico Horner. Horner came home, nails the guy at the plate, gets Paul Goldschmidt, Cubs killer, to pop out in the infield, and then that just fantastic strikeout of Nolan Arenado right there. Like, that was, like, that's as real as it gets in terms of like just terrific bullpen pitching by the Cubs. And again, that's just the latest example. Tommy Nance has been something of a revelation, having just been promoted at 30 years old, and he has done well. Don't know how long that'll last, but he's played well. Dan Winkler has been terrific, hitting 96 and 97. We know what Andrew Chafin has done. He's been good. Like, the personality is great. The hair is fun. The mustache is cool. The the T-shirts are great. But guess what? Andrew Chafin has been a very good addition to the Chicago Cubs, and his baseball playing ability is is for real. And then there's the king of the bullpen, and that is Craig Kimbrell. I it's really I have a hard time believing what has happened with him and the turnaround that has occurred because it it I left him for dead. I didn't think that this that he was going to be able to salvage anything or reclaim his career at least with the Cubs and I'll be damned if he hasn't and boy does he have the swagger back too. Like he is full force Craig Kimbrell once again to where he is he is out there he is the like you love it if you're a Cubs fan when he gets the baseball in games again suddenly you please you you feel good about having Craig Kimbrell in the game 3126446767 is the number if you want to jump in here and tell me what stands out to you about the Cubs my second thing that stands out about the Cubs big surprise here Chris Bryant Chris will drive one in the air, right field, deep, pretty well hit. Back goes Mazzara. It's got a chance. Gone. Two-run home run. Chris Bryant, opposite field. Cubs lead two to nothing. That's a home run from Chris Bryant on July 14th. Uh, Pat Hughes on the call right here on 670. The score. Here's the thing about Chris Bryant, because we it's all been broken down about how his swing has changed this year. The early attacking, I want to add one thing to what I think Chris Bryant is doing really well, and it's one of the more basic things. It is, it is hitting. This is the essence of hitting in baseball. He's guessing well. He's guessing well. He, he, he is using his brain more than ever to anticipate which pitch is coming. Last night, I think it was his first at-bat, he, I think it was a 2-2 count, I want to say. And it was a hard single to left, like a classic high-velocity single to Chris Bryant, as he, he will do a lot. And it was an 87-mile-per-hour changeup, and he was just all over it, like not fooled by it in the least. He anticipated that coming. His guessing has been terrific. So that, that's, that's what I'll add to the to Chris Bryant and what he has been able to do so far this year. All right, so that's number two, KB. And I know there's a lot we, more we can say about Chris Bryant, but I just wanted to add that little part there 
that his guessing of pitches has been spot on. Number three, Javier Baez. Here's the pitch on the way to Javi. A swing and a high fly ball, deep center field. Back to the warning track is Bader at the wall. That ball's gone. Two-run home run, Javier Baez. Cubs lead two to nothing. So here's why I put the Javier Baez up there. <laughs> I, I just needed to throw this out there. I love Javier Baez late in close games or extra innings, even pre the new extra innings rule, like because, you know, we all get down on Javier Baez for taking his full Javi swing, as I like to say, just going crazy with the bat and, and just looking undisciplined. When it's when there's no score or it's a tie game or if it's extra innings, guess what? We want Javier Baez to hit a home run. Screw the hit it to right field thing. Never mind the sink. We want Javier Baez to hit the ball over the wall and take his ferocious swing and fall down and twist and turn in every single Javier Baez way. So that was awesome last night with the, with the late home run, again called by Pat Hughes right here on the score. Javier, go ahead and take that big swing late in games. Number four of things that stand out to me about the Chicago Cubs, how about the skipper, David Ross? The 0-1 at the knees for a call, strike two. David Ross just got thrown out of the game for arguing balls and strikes from the dugout. And I can promise you one thing, he's going to get his money's worth right now. David Ross coming out, getting right in the face of umpire Eric Backus. He is still fuming over that call back <laughs> in the third inning. He didn't like the pitch to Bryant a moment ago. Haven't seen David get this upset. He's got a right to. He's got to make sure that his guys... Get it, get the same shake that the Cardinal guys are getting. And when you got Molina behind the plate and Wainwright on the bump, you don't always get the same shake. And that's what he's saying to this young umpire. And he let his feelings be known. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Coom right there at the end. That young umpire was 30 year old Eric Backus. But David Ross is coming into his own this year. It was hard to figure out David Ross, and I still don't know how good of a manager he is, but he's starting to look to me like a pretty good manager. Last year, I think he was still a little bit beholden to the players and not really believing it was real, and obviously with a 60-game schedule, everything was a little bit false about last season. And I've just seen David Ross this year mature, and I know that you find that ironic that when I say the word mature, but that 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 was David Ross that you saw last night. I covered David Ross, the player. That's who David Ross was and David Ross is. He's not Grandpa Rossi. He's not Rossi. He's Ross, damn it. That that's who he is. And that's what he's showing more of this year. I guarantee you he is backstage getting in guys' faces, not letting things go, and he wasn't going to let it go with Eric Backus yesterday. And I kind of felt bad for Eric Backus because he looked so young, and they kept making a big deal about how he's a rookie umpire, and he's getting yelled at by everybody. Stop yelling at me! But Ross has is starting to push the right buttons out of the bullpen. He is dealing with a mediocre starting staff, the low-velocity staff, and having success with it. 
And he knows this is like kind of a transition year. He knows this is a weird year. He knows they traded you, Darvish. So the the expectations are not astronomical for this Cubs team, moreover for David Ross. But watching his in-game moves, they are better this year than they were last year. And he's starting to show me that I think he is going to turn into an excellent manager. And he's starting to get good right now. Again, having this Cubs team where it is, two games back of St. Louis, 24-22 and in the National League Central. Last thing, and I want to hear from you, what stands out to you about the Cubs, 3-1-2-6-44-67-67, is a a guy who, I'm not going to say I didn't believe in him, but I was not as high on him necessarily as a lot of people were, and that is Nico Horner. Runners at every station for Washington, the 1-1. Line drive toward right, diving stop, Horner throws to first, he got him. Fantastic play by Nico Horner. That ball had base hit written all over it. Nico with a fabulous diving stop from shallow right field, gets up and throws to first to get him. Pat Hughes on the call, and it has been a lot of the defense that I have seen that I have that I've really liked, like heads-up defense. That play, there was the play last night where the bases are loaded, and he takes the ball on the grounder and comes home with it. That That's a high-pressure play. I know from a fan's perspective, when you see a ground ball go to a drawn-in infield, they got to make that play and come home with it, but... It was just a, it was, he's a very mature player, very heady player. And, you know, the whole Stanford thing and all that, it doesn't, you know, big brains don't always translate to, to great baseball players or athletes, but in Nico Horner's case, it seems to do that. I love his approach at the plate as well. So I really liked watching him play baseball. So I'm starting to see maybe what other people had seen, what other scouts had seen, what the Cubs see, quite frankly out of Nico Horner and and what he has been able to do with the Cubs. So those are my five things. And there's more. I mean, there could be some honorable mention things. I love the way Edward Alzali played the other. Like, that was the best I had seen Alzali pitch in a Cubs uniform. The the perform, the 2-1 loss, actually, to the Cardinals. But he went seven innings, I think two runs, five hits. Didn't walk anybody, struck out six. Didn't allow a hit until, what, the fourth inning, I think? The slider was good. Um, you know, he got himself in a little bit of trouble, the Yadier Molina homer late in the game, but they even had Jack Flaherty being interviewed by the, the national broadcast that day. And even he was like kind of watching Alzheimer's like, man, this guy's good, you know, like almost as if to say, who is this guy? So there's a lot going well for the Cubs, but what stands out to you? 312-644-6767 is the number back after this on Chicago sports radio, 670, the score. The score is Chicago sports. Chicago sports is the score. Thanks for keeping us the number one and most listened to sports station in Chicago. Listen on your radio, laptop, mobile device through the Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Or tell your smart speaker to play 670 The Score. We're live and we're local. 670 The Score. An Odyssey station. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago sports station. Swing and a miss, and the Cubs win the ball game. Greg Kimbrell strikes out Justin Williams. Javier Baez hits a two-run homer in the top of the 10th inning, and the Cubs hang on to win the ball game by a score 
of two to one. Yeah, it was the full hobby. A blast to center field over the 400-foot sign at Bush Stadium. Pat Hughes, Ron Coomer on the call of that. Cubs win on Sunday Night Baseball right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, I'm Mark Grody with you until 10 o'clock. We'll talk to Chris Ranji at 7 o'clock. He was at Cubs Cardinals, so we we could ask him who he thinks is better, Cubs or Cardinals, or who takes over that National League Central. So we'll get into it with Ranji for the first couple of minutes right before the Sox start. We'll ask him about Sox Cardinals. You know, he covered the Sox. He's covered the Cardinals. He's covered Tony La Russa. So the Ranji is a perfect guy to talk to. Bears talk with Chris Emma at 8 o'clock. And your call's coming up here on the Cubs. What stands out to you about the Cubs? 312-644-6767. I just gave you my five. I love this text. This is pr- pretty well. From the 312, they're solidly average, not great, not horrible. So the fact that you put solidly before average makes it. Because, right, they're, they're not just average. They're solidly average. The bullpen is sexy, says another texter. Horner, Alzali, Kimbrell, Bryant, says another texter, as, as guys that stand out to him. Bryant could easily be the MVP. Yeah, he'd, he'd be in the running right now if he keeps it up. Kimbrell's hair flow is what stands out for me. That's from the 847. I'm with you on that. Like, Kimbrell is full swagger now, man. He, he looked a little bit too neat last year for the Cubs. So, yeah, the full hair is in flow. You know, last night turns around and shouts after he gets the last out of the game. Like, the whole the whole Craig Kimbrell picture is there. And that, that little arm dangle, it didn't look so good when, when he wasn't getting guys out and he was giving up dingers. But things seem to be back for Craig Kimbrell. 312-644-6767. Timothy in Milwaukee, you are on the score with Mark Grody. Hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing, Mark? How you doing? I'm well, Tim. How are you, man? Oh, I'm fine. I am blessed. Um, I've been a Cub fan for all my life. Um, originally from Chicago, but I had moved up here. And, uh, where these Brewers fans? Hey, well, what can I say about them? But <laughs> sorry, brother. But <laughs> no, it ain't. <laughs> no, because before I give my um, comment, well, they ain't gonna never win. They ain't gonna never. I'm watching. Oh yes, they are. Once they won the championship, hey. Yeah. You uh, win. Hey, Cubs won, Timothy wins, right? Yes. That was it. That helped a lot. That helped a lot for Cubs fans everywhere. Yes. But what stands out to me is that it's like, man, I didn't have to make no phone call because everybody's about to comment on everything I said. But everyone, no, what I'm saying is, Everyone, like, on the field is contributing. Whereas that you would think the first four hitters, you would always look for them to get the hit when you would have someone on base. But then you have people down in the lower part of the batting order. Now they're coming to life. And then the bullpen, I mean, hey, I just loved it. I just love it. It's pretty It's pretty cool when a bullpen comes together. Timothy, thank you for the call, man. Stay strong in Milwaukee. But, yeah, the, the 2016 helped your cause a lot amidst enemy territory. But it's awesome when a bullpen comes together because no team ever really knows, except for maybe a couple teams that have, like, legit clothes, like, in a role this Chapman type guy. Like, you know you're going to get – 
you know, 30 to 40 saves out of a guy like that. But bullpens are always mysteries, and you never know when they're going to come together. You never know what configuration of guys, if it's going to be somebody you sign off the street, if it's going to be somebody that was in your system. It, it's just it's the greatest mystery in baseball. And I've always said that we talk about all these hitting and pitching coordinators and some of the fancy coaching assignments. I always said that there should be somebody who is just designated as a big-time bullpen guy in the organization who is, and I know there's a bullpen coach and all of that stuff and a pitching coach, but I'm talking about a guy whose job it is to just forget every other player on this team. You need to just obsess over the bullpen, as in keeping an eye on other teams' arms and bullpens and transactions and just, like, put more into the bullpens as opposed to, you know, saying, okay, we're going to throw together this bunch of guys and hope that it works. It's just so important, and I think that it is it is a part of baseball that has not been perfected and I think it, it can be better it's almost like special teams in football where you say it's serious and you, you take it seriously but it's really it's the third phase it's offense defense and special teams teams spend all their money on starting pitching and the big boppers and then they say the bullpen is important but they don't put all the resources into bullpen more resources need to go into bullpen to so that you know that your bullpen is going to be good in, instead of guessing, as the Cubs did. And right now, things are are working out successfully. Hopefully, hopefully that continues for the Cubs. Uh, let's go to Kevin in Oak Lawn. Kevin, what stands out to you about the Cubs? How you doing, bud? Uh, middle relief, obviously. Yeah. Six through eight, the innings. Uh, major improvement. Urear. Hello? What's that? Urias? Oh, six through eight, middle relief. That's you hear me or am I? I hear you, Kevin. I I am all ears, man. All ears. Are you doing okay, Kevin? I'm fine. Okay. What's the matter, Kevin? How about this? How about what's this? the matter, Kevin? Look at it's me. Time at to me, trade Baez, Kevin. To the American League because we got Nicole. Correct. Kevin, Kevin look at me. You looking at me? What's going on? No, I'm not looking at you. I don't. Go ahead. What's going on? Are you okay? I said it's time to trade Baez to okay. the American League, hopefully, for Why? like three very good prospects starting pitchers that throw heat. Okay. And that? Three starting pitchers that throw heat. You think that the Cubs could get that for Javier Baez? Fastball. Come on. Okay. Hey, Ke- Kevin, what? Is that it for Kevin? Okay. <laughs> Our producer is Brandon Fryer. He is getting nervous. He got ner- He's like, this guy is drunk, and Grody is having it. And Fryer's like, I don't want to lose rookie of the year status, so I'm cutting this guy off. Uh, that was Kevin in, in Oak Lawn. Kevin, I mean, uh, Brandon, you probably did the right thing. Let's go to Mike in Lombard. Mike, you're on the score. And we've lost Mike because Kevin was drunk. How about Bob in LaGrange? Hi, Bob, you're on the score. Hey, how you doing, Grody? I'm well. How are you, sir? Good, good. Hey, I just want to make a quick comment. Yeah, I'm going to take a different approach here. I think that uh, their record is not reflective of how good they played. 
you know, their last six losses were all by one run. If you just take half of those, you know, mm-hmm. if it goes the other way, you know, they're instead of two games over 500, they're, you know, seven or eight games over 500. I, and they're right there at the top of the pack with the best records in baseball. So, you know, I think you got a bunch of guys hungry in their contract year. Let's just see it through. Let's see what they could do. I like that. That's a good point you make right there because, yeah, there have been a ton of one-run close games for the Cubs for sure. And, Bob, thank you for the call. You got us back on track there after after Kevin in, in Oak Lawn, and there is a lot of reaction to, to Kevin here. Grody, you should have told that guy to call after midnight. <laughs> Maybe when I have Grobber on, which I will – at about 9:30 tonight, I will ask him how to better handle situations like that. Should I have should I have tried to keep Kevin on, or should I have let him go as as Brandon Fryer, as as the executive producer should do, made an executive decision right there? Is that what was going through your mind, Brandon? Grab a microphone here, really quick. Were you getting worried that that I was engaging that man a little bit too much? It wasn't that. It was more just, you know, I, I've, I've heard from Kevin a few times. Uh, he's a good oh, guy. So oh, Kevin's pretty good. I like Kevin. Uh, it oh, was so, just, his oh, so phone Kevin was breaking is, up. It was in and out, oh, yeah. Oh, so Kevin has called after midnight. Yes, before, yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's a good guy. I like Kevin. <laughs> okay. Kevin, you're awesome, man. Uh, I could get you to do a 12-step. I know people. Um, good evening, Mark. I am looking at you, Benjamin, texting from Elmhurst. Hi, Benjamin. I love Benjamin. You're a great listener, man. Benjamin always listening to the score always texting the the score i'm trying to get i'm trying to filter through the ken call i got it i got it. yes he was drunk um and he's a, a grobber regular apparently um let's see from the 630 mark what also helps the cubs in their division as it seems christian yelich of the brewers has lost his power correct i heard he hit his very first home run yesterday that's late may is that true i'll be honest with you i have not kept close I haven't heard much about Christian Yelich this year. He had a down year last year. So I don't know. Maybe he is on the decline. I doubt that. I tend to doubt that he is, and I would not take Christian Yelich for, for granted. But really, um, you know, this this division is, is there to be taken. It is alive and well. And I don't want to regress back into my old topic the future topic of the Cubs and what they should do with the trade deadline. I still, despite all the positivity that is coming out right now, yeah, unless this keeps up, then yeah, you still do something dramatic come come the trade deadline. But I just, I really like the way the Cubs have been playing, and I know that you guys have been watching them very closely throughout all of this. Um, maybe the reason why the Cubs are doing good, the scheduling games at the right time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to, to know because you, you play everybody, you play every team in your division, 18, 19 times, whatever it is. So whatever rough patches there are in the schedule or easy patches, like it all, like it, it's all made good eventually and yeah i guess i subscribe to the the cliche theory of you got to play who's who's on your schedule um so yeah that that makes complete sense to me in a lot of different ways 312-644-6767 is the number got to take a break we will talk more about the cubs get into some of the the white Sox next they host st louis tonight and baseball insider john Heyman was on the molly and haw show today 
And, of course, they were asking about Tony Larusa and what his present is and what his future might be with the Chicago White Sox. We'll get into that next on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Molly and Haw here, mornings five to nine. Whoever thought you'd actually enjoy getting back in the car and driving into work? That's what working from home for a year will do to you. So if you're getting back in the car, bring us along for the ride. We're here to cover everything Chicago sports the entire drive in. Molly and Haw, mornings five to nine on Chicago Sports Radio six seventy The Score, an Odyssey station. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. What's up? Hope you're having a great evening on a Monday. It's a grody show here with you until 10 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I got a lot for you tonight. Cub Sox talk now up until about 7.30 or so. I got Chris Ranji coming on at 7, so we'll, we'll take a few minutes before that Sox game starts to preview White Sox and Cardinals, and then we'll switch the samples, switch the samples, to the Cubs-Cardinals from the weekend and get some of Ranji's baseball thoughts and then whatever's on the Ranji's mind as well. I've got Bears for you at 8 o'clock with Chris Emma. And then Les Grobstein transition at 9.30. And before we start to talk about the White Sox, let's do one more Cubs call. And then we'll cut off the Cubs calls for now after we take, I believe we get Bob and Joliet. Hi, Bob. You're on the score. How you doing, Grody? I'm well, man. How are you? Uh, I love your show, man. You guys do great broadcast. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. I, I appreciate really, that. I really appreciate it. I always hear the Cubs being but I tell you what, the Cubs showed last night exactly what their bullpen's made of. And I tell you what, uh, I think uh, everybody's going to stay. They're, they're not going to go anywhere because they love their team. Rizzo, all of them, they all love their team. They're not going to go nowhere. All right, Bob, thanks for the call. You, you're, uh, you're one for two on the call. The bullpen has been great. Last night, that that Ryan, what Ryan Tapera did might have been the best thing we've seen in the Cubs bullpen last night when the Cards loaded the bases in the seventh inning, and ultimately he gets the ground ball. The Horner Horner flings it home. He gets Paul Goldschmidt to hop out in the infield. How nice was that? And then the the strikeout swinging of Nolan Arenado at the end. That that may have been your best, most glorious bullpen moment of the year Craig Kimbrell has been your best bullpenner by far and he's great again but that stuff last night was great as as for your thought that they're not going to break it up or maybe you know they shouldn't break it up like they have fallen into the seduction of keeping that core together for too long and we were all kind of on board it was like they won the damn World Series with that group of players, and it felt like how it's got to come back. Like this group, this manifestation of the cup. Don't tell me they can't get there. And even Theo Epstein said that there was some sentiment involved, and that maybe they kept it together too long. I don't know if if Jed Hoyer has said those words. Probably some form of it. But I think they realized, and Cubs fans realized, and all begrudgingly, by the way, that that core, like that. This piece of the Cubs, piece of history, is is no longer, got it, it hurts to say, is no longer capable of getting to the World Series. And it's begun. It has begun because they did let, you know, Kyle Schwarber go. They 
John Lester is no longer on this team. And the Lester thing was, I think, symbolic more than anything because he just doesn't really have that ace stuff anymore. But, you know, Schwarber, too. I mean, that's, that's you know, baseball now and symbolic. And somebody else has probably got to go, too. And it sucks. And I, I feel for you, Cubs fans. Like, if you, if you don't like, like seeing this thing break up, and even Chris Bryant, I totally get it. But, unfortunately, something has to change. Oh, unless they win 15 in a row in short order. All right, let's get to the, the White Sox. They host St. Louis tonight. Speaking of sentimentality, a lot of it tonight because Tony La Russa's first time managing against the St. Louis Cardinals, at least since he you know retired from managing with the Cardinals way back, what, 2012? You have Lance Lynn on pitching tonight for the White Sox against St. Louis. He has never pitched against the Cardinals and spent seven to ten years with St. Louis. Like how I do that, seven to ten, um, because I don't know off the top of my head, but it sure feels like seven to ten years that Lance Lynn was with the St. Louis Cardinals. But he pitches tonight, so there is some of that. And Lynn has been terrific, by the way, at 155 ERA, opponent's batting average, at at 183. First thing I want to say about the White Sox before we get to a little bit of of audio from from John Heyman, I do want to address the the loss yesterday. Sox swept by the Yankees. It was not good. The the Rodon unfortunate loss, the two one loss in the Friday game where Rodon was striking everybody out, but so was Jordan Montgomery for some reason. The the seven nothing loss on Saturday where Dylan Cease didn't give up a hit until the fourth and then just kind of caved in in the fourth inning, and then the five four loss yesterday. And the big deal was what happened in the ninth inning where you had Aaron Bummer starting that ninth inning. I didn't have a problem with it, and it's it's simply because when Liam Hendricks has entered games, for whatever reason recently, he has, he has scared you. He has not been dominant. He has not been decisive while he has been out there, except for a couple times this year. So Aaron Bummer being – Aaron Bummer is terrific and could be a closer himself. So I didn't have a big problem with it. Comes in, gives up the leadoff single to Clint Frazier, strikes out the lefty, Brett Gardner. That's another reason I was okay with. There were at least two lefties that he will have faced, did face, in Brett Gardner. The intentional walk to DJ LeMayhew, and then he, then the lefty Tyler Wade, the infield hit. It was weak contact, bases jammed, and then, then Liam Hendricks, I mean, that, that kind of proves my point. Because he comes in and he was ridiculous. Like, he, he didn't come close to throwing a strike and to to Aaron Judge. And ultimately, you know, the the Yankees walk it off and win the game. And Hendricks just looked terrible. Looked awful. In a high pressure, high leverage, that's what you pay your guy for. I think Hendricks is going to be fine. But lately, or for a lot of the season, really, the season's not that old, Hendricks has not looked like a steady closer. So I didn't have a problem with the the bummer thing yesterday and the decision that Tony La Russa made. All right, so Tony La Russa obviously has been a, a point of contention for White Sox fans and baseball observers, of course. You watch what Tony La Russa has done. He has made mistakes this year. There is no doubt about it. John Heyman, baseball insider for Odyssey, was on the score today with Molly and Haw, and they were asking about, okay, what, like, Tony is the manager, 
but is there any chance of a change now or next year? What's the deal with Tony La Russa, John Heyman? Uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I thought it was a gamble to begin with. I mean, he's obviously an all-time great manager. Had managed since 2011. Uh, did win the World Series, but it's a long time. A decade is a long time. I mean, we all, you know, Jerry Rensdorf had that great, great regret of firing him and picking Hawk Harrelson instead to be his GM and going with that. Obviously, that was a mistake, but uh, to come back 30 years later, I don't know. We shall see. I'm getting to be skeptical. Um, you know, they haven't said how long a deal is. It said it's multi-year. I do think it's a three-year deal. So, uh, you know, he's not going to fire him again. He's not going to do it again. So, you know, for better or worse, I think you've got him for three years at least. <laughs> for better or for worse. John Heyman on the score this morning with Molly and Haw. And he's right there's no way they're going to fight. this hiring of of Tony Larusa is essentially a make good a sorry about the whole Hawk Harrelson firing you thing way back when we know that bothered you and then obviously he goes on to Oakland and St. Louis and has great success front office with Arizona I don't really know what he did with Arizona but but anyway that that is that is the truth i mean he, unless tony says i have had it and i don't want to be part of this and he's tired of the criticism then there's nobody that's gonna fire him that's the whole point of this remember remember uh jerry reinsdorf yeah it was doug collins it was so so for all you youngsters out there well you probably know this even if you are a youngster doug collins used to to coach the Bulls. He was one of Michael Jordan's coaches just just before the Bulls started winning titles. So Doug Collins was fired by the Bulls and which had to suck for Doug Collins because the Bulls go on to win six championships with his assistant coach Phil Jackson. But one thing that Jerry Reinsdorf has always said was that he didn't want to hire Doug Collins again to be the coach of the Bulls because he didn't want to have to fire him again. Like, he he respected and liked, and I assume to this day, likes Doug Collins very much, and was on record as saying, I don't want to hire this dude because coaches get fired and he couldn't handle doing it again. So you have to draw on that to think about how Jerry Reinsdorf might be thinking about Tony La Russa, that <laughs> he hired him again, and... He's not going to want to fire him or have it happen on his watch because obviously it probably wouldn't be Jerry Reinsdorf calling Tony La Russa into his office. It would have to be Rick Hahn who would do the honors in that case. So it, it creates a very complicated situation if, if things really go south with Tony La Russa. I know that sounds crazy, but things haven't really gone that far south because, well, the White Sox are in first place, albeit by just a game and a half 
on the Cleveland Indians. But this thing has not imploded from within. The Sox are not losing. Um, they There's no reason for them not to win the division, even with Tony La Russa. And hopefully La Russa, and this sounds ridiculous to say about a, a manager who is a Hall of Famer, hopefully he learns from his mistakes and handles things differently when they inevitably will arise again. And we've seen him handle the bullpen better. We've seen him having guys up where in the past he didn't have guys up. And I mean guys in in the bullpen. What we have to wait for is how Tony handles the next unwritten rules controversy, which will happen, it, whether it's with the White Sox or with an opponent. It's going to happen again, and we'll see then if Tony at least handles it in-house and and not make a big deal out of it to the media or which I have a feeling he will because it seemed like he was just he was befuddled by the questions still being asked about it two days after so and and I think that part of that too is and this is why I think Tony's not going to resign because he I don't think Tony pays that much of attention it, it, like and I, I guess as a veteran manager he's probably learned not to pay as much attention or read as much or listen to sports talk radio or God forbid follow what's going on on White Sox Twitter so it's it's an interesting situation and I hope I hope because we're we're in May right now hopefully by like July like there there are no more incidents and you could just it's smooth sailing for the White Sox which is very possible all right got to take a break when we come back, we will talk White Sox and Cardinals tonight with Chris Ranji. Then we'll switch it over to Cubs and what he thinks about the Cubs and what he saw in Cubs-Cardinals this weekend when Chris Ranji was at Bush Stadium. Ranji next. I'm Grody at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.